Hey there, folks. This is the editor talking. And before we get you into episode 81, just wanted to give you a quick show note. Uh, We will have an episode 81.5 this week. Uh, Seth and I sat down to describe our Oscar game. So if you're wanting to play the Oscar game this year, uh, make sure you listen to episode 81.5. It should also be in your podcast feed right now. So you can check out all those details. And then we'll also give you a couple show notes there as far as how the next couple weeks are going to go for the show. So uh, take a listen to that so you can stay in the loop and enjoy episode 81. Yo, 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 peeps. Welcome back. This is, uh, Seth, hurry, what's nine squared? Uh, nine squares. God, no. I, I know I shouldn't have surprised you with the mental math. Nine squared is 81, and we are on episode number 81 of the SoCo Show. This is Chad Coger, <laughs> lead singer of Nick Kovac. I almost forgot about that. And, <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hello. And, uh... Yeah, we're here to do another episode. So we got some fun uh, news and stuff. We got a fun <laughs> mambo number five uh, <laughs> that I think is going to be very interesting. I had to do a lot of research for this one. Yeah. Uh, and so this this will be, they're always enjoyable, but I think this one will be especially so. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff this week. Uh, how was your weekend, man? What'd you get into? <laughs> well, I got into a lot of uh, delivery food. Uh, of course, we all know that I'm a... A, a deluxe member of Bite Squad. Squad up, squad up. <laughs> and uh, you, you might be, might be, uh, you might be getting some some Bite Squad here in a few weeks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, making my very sexy return to Eastern Iowa <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have a work training nearby, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be in uh, the Cedar Rapids in the surrounding area for about a week. So of course we're gonna squad up during that time. Oh yeah. You can you can bet your ass on that. Squad up. So I, I didn't have any on Saturday. I was out of town, but Sunday, uh, as I usually do on Sundays, uh, I I decided to uh, get myself a, a little little bite squad. I got a little got a little uh, a little yeah a lot uh, a place called Big Daddy's <laughs> and, and, got, and got a burger. Oh, that, that's nasty. <laughs> and got a burger that's uh, two half pound patties on it. So ate a pound of burger and oh that mental math you can do <laughs> when it comes to burger I, I know all my math um <laughs> and so i got that delivered about eleven thirty, and uh not very nice guy he just, you know uh, you know thanks for ordering bite squad have a great day all that stuff and then uh what was it about six thirty? decided you know it's dinner time i don't want to leave the house again squat it up one more time squat up and you don't know who your delivery driver is until uh they say they're coming to you and uh lo and behold i look down on my phone and see the picture of the same gentleman who brought me uh my bite squad earlier in the day and at that time yes he i mean they can see what the food is so they saw that it was at earlier in the day a half pound burger and some fries and potato salad and some pie and <laughs> and uh this time it was uh a pizza and garlic bread so he basically saw me get food for three uh, twice in the day, all for myself. <laughs> and and when he comes to the door, I try playing it off like that I you know didn't remember. You know it was it was all cool. And uh, I'm like, oh, how you doing? And he's like, he chuckles and goes, good man. 
<laughs> he totally knew. <laughs> and then I kind of laughed a little bit and said, "Have a good night." But yeah, uh, he definitely reacted poorly. Um, it wasn't the. It, it was. I was hoping it would be yeah, a little bit more of an enthusiastic second time around, but uh, he was definitely judging me. So I've now made two delivery driver friends. Um, <laughs> one of them is really. You could start a band with him. <laughs> One of them is really enthusiastic and gets honestly sad when I don't order from from their place, and the other one judged me. So uh, that's what's been going on since you left uh, Iowa. Well, I'm glad to know that that <laughs> that you're going to be a preferred Bite Squad customer. They might extend your free deliveries deep into the future if they actually they're losing a shitload of money on you. Here's the thing: is if I didn't have the free delivery, chances are I probably wouldn't be using Bite Squad as much as I do. <laughs> but because i use it every weekend there hasn't been a weekend since you left where i haven't used it <laughs> but but yeah I, I wouldn't be using it that that often so yeah i mean i've definitely taken a lot of money out of their pockets but i still pay for the food and give them a tip so well there you go you're a good man seth <laughs> way to keep those bite squatters afloat exactly um you truly are a legend when it comes to eating food and uh before our in order to start this week's show, before we get into all of our news and fun stuff, uh, we got to start with another legend, and that's the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. So uh, last week, uh, it was God. What was it? Last Wednesday, it was the State of the Union address. Oh God, here we go. And uh, I, I don't know what Sheiky's political. Uh, where his political allegiances lay, but um, he definitely has to comment on all of the popular things, as as everyone knows. And I think if the Iron Cheek were uh, running for any sort of office or um, leading the the country, everyone could probably agree on what Iron Cheek commented about the State of the Union. Somebody bring me a cold beer. Hashtag State of the Union. He could run on that. Yeah. Put that on a put that on a poster, and you can stick it in my front yard. And that's not a euphemism. Gross. I just mean he could take a poster and put it in front of my house. Sure, that's what you mean. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. Yeah, the Sheik, uh, you know, everyone knows that the Sheik likes Rob Thomas and, <laughs> and Tom Brady and that he's a former uh, WWF star. But uh, not a lot of people know about how smart the Sheik is. And that's that's an example. You know, he's just politically savvy in that way. And he knows that. Beer appeals to the masses. That's that's why he mentions it, I'm sure. I call you a punk. Sponsor time. Let's do this. We got Audible. <laughs> <laughs> Audibletrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days and your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs. Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all of your stationery and graphic design needs. Right. And Mike's Wood, Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed to get your wood worked. <sighs> yep. Okay. Uh, that's it for sponsors. Let's move forward. And we got some football talk, not all NFL, uh, but some football talk in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. Let's start in the NFL, though. And this is a. St- I cannot believe that this is happening. But we found out today that Kareem Hunt, who uh, was a member of Cody and the Codettes, my fantasy football uh, championship team last year, until he was kicked off of the Chiefs 
for kicking the hell out of his uh, significant other uh, sometime last year, and there was video that surfaced. So uh, we thought he was going to go the way of Ray Rice and be you know, totally banished from the NFL forever, but now it sounds like the Browns have signed him. <laughs> and so he's agreed to a deal and will be playing next season for the Cleveland Browns. Now, there's Maybe. no word yet. There's no word yet if the league is going to punish him or suspend him or anything like that. But he he has agreed to terms with the Browns. So uh, let's leave. There's a lot of hairy, you know, crap to deal with in terms of, you know, the assault and all of that. Uh, I want to focus more on the football side of this. Um, there are plenty of other podcasts that will talk about the, the assault stuff. Uh, and for, the, for, what, for what it's worth, we obviously think he's a shitty guy. We don't support him, and we don't want him playing football. But he is. So, Seth, what do you think of the Browns, specifically their offense, adding Kareem Hunt going into next year? How do you think that changes their look? Well, I don't, I don't think he'll be playing. I think he's going to get suspended. But that, yeah. that being said, um, I don't think this makes a whole lot of sense. Um, they already have two extremely talented running backs on their team. So I don't I don't know why they would sign Kareem Hunt other than the fact that they maybe just like having shitty people on their team or people who can't stay out of trouble on their team. <laughs> they apparently uh, have a knack for that. But um, God, no kidding. Between so you got Gordon, of course, yeah. Johnny Football, yeah. and now Hunt. Yeah. God, yeah. But Nick Chubb, from when he started, when he was the starting running back last year until the end of the season, he had I think he had like. Out of all the games he played, he had 100-yard games in, like, all but two games. He had a touchdown in, like, every game he played. Um, he was leading in, like, yards after contact after that point. He was he had uh, a really good yards per carry average. He was he was a baller, you know? Um, and it it seems weird that Kareem Hunt is going to be the, – because they're, they're not, like, different running backs. They're the same they're, – they're pretty similar running backs in how they play football. They're both big. They're both physical. Um, and then they both kind of have – big playability too. They're, they're not super fast guys. So it's not like a thunder and lightning type of thing. You know, it's, it's like mm. thunder and thunder. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't, I don't get why they picked him up other than just to get some press. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't make sense at all to me. If I, if I'm forced to sit down and think like, why do they do this? Uh, here's the only thing I was able to come up with. Uh, let's assume for a second. And this is the, one of the likelier scenarios that hunt is like suspended for the season, right? Uh, the Browns still own him. So they can have Hunt sort of, uh, you know, waiting in the wings, run the hell out of Chubb over this next season, knowing that they're going to get a really fresh Kareem Hunt the following year. And he's still a younger guy. He's not been in the league terribly long. So maybe maybe this is a very far down the road play where they think when they get him back, they can work him in, especially if they've really run the hell out of Chubb. I, that's the only thing I can think of. And I would understand that because the way we've been seeing running backs getting hurt and, uh, you know, being replaced, I think the market for running backs is changing Mm -hmm. and you need to have a few on your team now. You know, even we saw a resurgence with Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson and, and Todd Gurley over the past few seasons, but all of those guys have now missed time for injuries and no one wants to pay Le'Veon Bell. The Rams just paid Gurley a shitload and he didn't even play in the Super Bowl barely. So... I think we are going to see more of this where teams are having a few running backs. And so I think if I have a guy who I know, you know, after sitting out a season is going to be coming back fresh at 26 or so years old, however the hell old Hunt is, uh, I can see that. I, I don't think it's too crazy. It still, it's not a move I would have made, but but I can, I if I have to justify it, that's how I see it making sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, especially to, like, 
I don't know how it would work if he gets suspended for the entire season. If well, obviously he wouldn't get paid, but how does that work with his contract? Because then, like, if he most rookie de- deals are four years. If he misses this year, I guess he'd be playing on his last year of his contract or the year after. So maybe that. Either way, they either way they get him after his yeah. suspension. Right, but I don't know. The other thing too is that uh, the GM for the Browns um, was asked about uh, Duke Johnson, and it sounds like his future is up in the air now too. They don't know what they're going to do with him. They he said, and they just resigned him to a big, con- a decently big contract, like four years, twenty million last year, which is pretty good for a running back. But now they're maybe talking about getting rid of him, or trading him, or releasing him. So like maybe they plan on playing Hunt a lot, but they're again completely different running backs. So. Nick Chubb and him are the same running back. Duke Johnson and, and those two are different. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a really weird situation. I would have seen, I could have seen a team like the Bucks doing it, you know, because they don't really have any running backs on their roster. But for a team like the like the Browns, who were pretty stacked at running back, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, definitely a surprise. And you know, never seems like we know what we're going to get out of the Browns. But uh, you know, pretty solid season. Did they end up seven and nine. Yeah, I, I think so. I think and they did. Didn't they tie a game? They tied a game, I think. That was right. So 7-8-1, yeah. I think, was their record. So a pretty good season. You know, they're excited about uh, Baker Mayfield, the number one pick from last season. I think it. there's a sense of optimism in Browns, you know, in the Browns offseason, which is uh, – I like it. I, I'm all for the Browns being good. But this is a strange signing. And um, what? I don't remember if we – I don't remember if we already gave him – Kareem Hunt, that is the official Soko fuck you. But uh, if we haven't, let this serve as that because we don't like guys that hit women. And so um, I don't know. I wish he wasn't playing, but yeah, I guess he's going to. Whatever. The, the Browns also have another wide receiver, uh, Antonio Callaway, who kind of had a breakout season. Um, his rookie year, he was suspended for some games for some sort of, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he got in trouble of some kind. So like they, they do that. Like they've th- had done this over the years have these players that cause trouble and so far not many of them have turned out so we'll see what see what happens they're the bad boys man they're like the uh they're like the early 90s pistons and they're just gonna beat the hell out of everybody plus you know it's hard not to be a bad boy in cleveland ohio man i mean there's just there's a lot to there's a lot of trouble to get into there yeah it's not like it's not like being on the vegas raiders where it's like a calm you know quiet city where it's it's tough to find trouble this is this is cleveland we're talking about Oh man, there there are a whole bunch of gangsters there. <laughs> there probably are, and one of them is probably going to beat me up if he hears me talking shit about Cleveland. But um, anyway, I hope so. Uh, we'll see about the Browns. We'll keep an eye on the Hunt story, and obviously, you know, if any suspension does come down, you you'll be able to hear it here. Uh, let's turn away from the NFL, though. We have more football on, which is a strange thing to think about. Uh, this past weekend, the Alliance of American Football had its debut. And we talked a, a little while back, a couple months back, about their draft. They drafted, it's like a weird list of guys that you heard of once. Like, you you knew they got drafted, but then they never started or never panned out. And a bunch of no-name guys, like, coming out of college that didn't get drafted. And a couple, like, older NFL guys um, kind of looking for another chance. So, I think this Alliance of American Football, I think, makes a lot of sense. And I think it's cool that we're going to have football in the offseason from the NFL. I didn't sit down and watch the games on Saturday, but uh, a lot of folks did. 
Yeah, there was a, a pleasant surprise in the ratings. It sounds like they beat out the NBA game that was on that night. Really? Uh, with one, with one of their games. Yeah, they had really they were really psyched about their ratings over this weekend. Uh, four games. I think there's eight teams in the league, and you know there was some uh, there was some good football, some bad football, and you know one of the things that I quickly noticed when I was watching highlights from this was that they definitely seemed less concerned about guys getting hurt. <laughs> Um, did you see the, did you see the quarterback just get destroyed? Did you see that highlight? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. I'm actually going to pull this up and I'm going to, I'm going to screen share it with you. On one, picks up the first down. Balkovici never saw the man coming and he's lit up. (laughs) Oh my God. That's pretty crazy, huh? His helmet flew off his body. Yeah, uh, you know what the crazy part is about that? No flag. <laughs> Perfectly legal hit in the Alliance of American Football, and folks were psyched about this. Like it was like all over, uh, all over Twitter and stuff over the weekend. Now, I'm not in favor of like guys getting hurt, so I, this doesn't really turn me on. But good God, it is interesting. It is interesting to see the difference between the NFL and what's okay here in the AAF. Uh, did you see Did you see many highlights or catch any of, of what was going on over the weekend? I watched. Uh, it was I, I was scrolling through my uh, YouTube TV and I saw there was a game playing. It was like the Birmingham Steel or some shit like that. That was the other thing. They got weird fucking teams. There was no one there. There was like it looked like a thousand people there at the game. But uh, yeah. uh, and they all have starter jerseys <laughs> instead of like Reebok or Nike or anything. It's fucking st- nice. starter jerseys from the nineties. I did see, like, I saw some of the the stats, like Christian Hackenberg played a game and Trent Richardson played a game poorly. So, like, they're they're getting these old stars who are still like within the age of, within the age of like I wouldn't say prime, but I I, I don't know. I think I know. I, I'm pretty sure Hackenberg and Richardson are under thirty, um, mm-hmm. but getting towards the end. But like, you know, still in physical and in, in uh, physically able body. Um, just not that talented of players. So I don't know. It's it's not anything I'll watch <laughs> like on a regular basis or anything, but maybe if it's on, I'll like turn on a few minutes like I did Sunday. It just looks ridiculous. Oh man, dude, I'm going to watch some of this. <laughs> like sa- Saturday evening football is pretty sweet and, uh, I'm, and it's the off season. So it's like, I got to have some football, even if it's bad football. Um, and some of it, some of it is good. I mean, there are some shitty teams, but like some of the, some of the teams are a little bit better. Uh, there were some fun catches and things like that. And I didn't sit and watch a game, so I'm not sure of any of the rules differences, but well, just more, more generally speaking though, um, do you think, do you agree that there's a place for AAF and for a second football league after the NFL? Um, the thing is, is like, I don't see any of this working. I, it's just, I mean, like I said, there, there was some decent ratings, but I think that's going to fall off pretty quickly. Um, it just seems like when it comes to sports or really anything like w- when there's a big monopoly like this, um, you look like NBA, MLB, like other leagues have tried doing things and eventually they all fail. So I, I don't, I would probably answer your question. No. Uh, I mean, I think there are fans out there who want more stuff, but I know me personally, like I don't have the energy to watch all these games, <laughs> you know, like just, I, I'm kind of, I was kind of all footballed out by the, by the time the playoffs uh, hit for, for the NFL this year. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, for me, I don't want another league. Um, I know the XFL is trying to, to, to get going again too. They just, uh, the 
the Dallas team just hired Bob Stoops as their head coach um, for yep. for the XFL. So like, there's people trying because you know football is a huge thing, but I just don't. There's room, but not enough room for like a a, a healthy league. I don't think. Yeah, I think I think it's going to depend on how they set expectations, right? Like, they're they're not going to be the next NFL, but if they can be, you know, if they can get decent ratings on Saturdays in the spring, you know, they don't need for this to look quote unquote successful. They don't need to do a lot, you know. And so, I think there is a place for this. You know, we've seen now. Here's what's interesting: is is the way when XFL does come back. And arena football is still a thing. Their league is still a thing. So the way these leagues overlap over the course of the year, that is what's going to be really interesting to me. I think if they don't overlap and if each season, if each league has, you know, a couple, three months and they don't overlap with each other, I think, I think all of them can get decent enough ratings to stay afloat. AFL has done it for 20 years. And so I, you know, I, I think it could happen. I think they need to be very careful about getting too ambitious, though. If they do that, then they're very much going to fail. That's what happened to XFL really quickly because mm-hmm. they spent way more money than they ever had a chance of making back. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad. Like, more more guys get to realize their dream of being pro football players, even though they're not making $30 million a year still. You know, more more fans in more cities get football. That's what I think is great about the AAF is that they're in cities where there aren't NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's always great. You know, I think there's a lot good here. I'll be rooting for it, and I'll try to watch a little bit. But, yeah, it's never going to be the next NFL. But if it's, you know, if it's the next, you know, uh, Midwest Athletic Conference, you know, and gets, gets you know, decent ratings on Saturday afternoons, I say, hell yeah, let's do it. Well, Plus, I, if, we keep getting, if we keep getting to watch quarterbacks just get fucking wrecked, <laughs> then a lot of people are going to check out the highlights at least. The other thing, too, is, like, watching that – I watched, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something of that game. And, like – you can just see, especially with like quarterbacks, you can just see the how how much the talent falls because these guys aren't even like backups in the NFL. Any, you know, like these guys are these these guys were sitting on the couch until AAF was around, and mm-hmm. so like they're just missing throws by miles. <laughs> and it's the reason you're seeing these crazy catches is because these wide receivers are making plays. You know, so I, I just. Yeah. Uh, part of it too for me is like I know I'm watching like third rate players on the field <laughs> so mm-hmm. I it, for me it's just not not quite as entertaining and uh yeah you'll see some crazy plays every once in a while you'll see some big hits because there's not many rules but I I'm good with waiting for the actual football to come back on <laughs> well I'm less of a snob than you so <laughs> I say give us all the football even if it's lower quality <laughs> It's it's fun. I just, like it, it, a year ago we would never have gotten to see that hit, and now we do. So, <laughs> it's it's served us up at least one win uh, in a, in its infancy. So that's cool. Let's roll on from sports, and we're gonna get into this week's high cofetical. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. speaking. <laughs> I'm ready to declare that my favorite sound. <laughs> I just, like if someone was in my room watching the dance moves I was just doing right now, then they would agree. I, I think it's hands down. It's a funky sounder. <laughs> what do you got for hypotheticals this week? All right, so this is going to be a bit of a. If you, this will be. It's kind of based off of uh, Serenity. 
So, oh God. so if you, and this is going to be based off the spoilers from Serenity. So, spoiler, spoiler warning. Um, if you haven't seen Serenity and don't want to be spoiled by it, or like I know Dan uh, didn't see it, but he listened to the spoilers anyway. If you don't want to be spoiled by Serenity, or um, you plan on going to see, you're planning on going to see it, then skip this. Skip the hypothetical. If you don't care, just listen. So cool. Loosely based off of the Serenity. So you can live in a world where you can literally do anything you want all the time, but it's a video game. So none none of what you're doing is real. The people you are interacting with are not real, and you know it. Um, they all have their own agendas too. So they're trying to get you to do something. They have like their own directions um but you know you're inside of a video game you can do what you want you can control things you can you know to your heart's content you can do what you want other than control like the other people and, and stuff like that in it you know it's not real you know it's you know these are not real people and none of what you're doing is actually affecting anything would you would you do it you have to be in it the rest of your life too would you do it okay so this is effectively the matrix hypothetical um which i've i've many times gone over in my head um, can I like fly and shit? Can yeah. I, do I have manipulation over like physics? Anything you want to do. Um, but there, okay. there is, so this is not a live forever type of thing though. This is like, you would live your natural lifespan in here. Um, you can't like create something that'll make you live forever. You're, I mean, you're, you're invincible to like, you can't get hurt, but your, your body will eventually age out. How realistic is my world other than my superpowers? Uh, it's, it's just like your, it's just like serenity. Um, you're, you're. It looks like every like like real people, real world, real everything, except for whatever you can. And it's do. got, it's got like copies of people I know and stuff in it. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's people. It looks like people, but they all have their own agendas. They're all trying to, um, just like in Serenity, they're trying to get get you to do what the creator wants and that type of thing. Okay, um, I would do this. I uh, I've thought about this a lot before, and I think that. It, I think the answer to this question depends on what your what type of value you place on whatever's quote unquote real, right? And this this starts to get heady really quick. But if I go into this simulation or this video game, and and you tell me this is not real, right? My rebuttal to you could be that you and I sitting here talking right now is not real. We're already in a game, right? Uh, there's a there's a theory that we are already in the matrix and we don't know because it's just been our reality for that long. And it actually made it, I mean, you have to, you have to allow for some sci-fi thought a little bit, but uh, it actually makes a lot of sense that it very well could be possible. So the idea that real has value is, is not, it doesn't track when you, when you give thought to the fact that we could very well already be in something that's not quote unquote real. Um, so if I can be in a place where I get to fly and shit and do whatever I want, effectively give myself superpowers and be in a world that's convincingly enough real, uh, I could get okay with it not being, you know, what I perceive now as the actual physical world. So that's a long way around it, but I would, I would do this. Yeah, I think okay. I would. Even knowing though, like the people inside are not, they're not like, they're not part of their... Like, they're there for the person who's creating it. So, like, you're never going to make a real connection with any of them or anything like that. Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay. I mean, it's just like here, right? I mean, everyone <laughs> here has got their own agendas and they're... No one wants to know, make a connection you, with you. <laughs> well, there's that, yeah. <laughs> at, least a vi at least a video game I could, like, game. Like, I could learn the rules to it and, and you know, maybe I could find a mate there. But actual, quote-unquote, real people... 
uh, don't really have rules. So no. Pretty annoying. And I'm I'm like a little bit uh, obsessive compulsive and, and uh, I have a control thing. So it might even be a better life for me. Now, what if, <laughs> here, here's the big caveat. What if you knew the person controlling the game was me? See, that would be different. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that I would, I would probably not do. Because that would... <laughs> That would be very fun. Like, I know you wouldn't be a total dickhead to me and, like, torture me all the time. But I also know that you would do shit for your own amusement oh, often. Yeah. So, like, I like I would, I would like, meet someone who looks like uh, – I would meet someone who, who looks like Halsey. I was just watching her Saturday Night Live the other day. I would meet someone who looks like Halsey, and then they would, like, take their pants off and have, like, bull legs <laughs> or something. <laughs> And be like a minotaur or some shit. Yeah. And like, that's the kind of shit that I could see. So it wouldn't be direct torture, but it would be like a constant, just never ending practical joke that I couldn't yeah. get out of. I would need to know that the person controlling the game was at least ambivalent. Like, I don't need them to be working in my favor, but I don't want them to be like doing negative shit. I just need them to like not care about what I do. That that would be my, <laughs> my stipulation. But, um, but in general, yeah. If if it's a world that I that I that you're not guaranteeing to me is gonna suck, then yeah, I would do that. <laughs> that's a good. That's a heady one, man. But I could fly, so that'd yeah. be that'd be totally worth it. <laughs> what you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do? speaking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, off of that. Interesting, like they always are. You know what the hypothetical reminded me of is the good place. It kind of has, uh, mm. kind of has that vibe, that philosophical uh, debate uh, kind of vibe to it, which is cool. And the good place is a TV show. So let's go to some <laughs> TV news. Listen to that segue, booyah! Oh, That's Jesus. What she said. TV. We don't have any news about the good place, <laughs> but <laughs> we do have some other things in here. Uh, let's start with... <laughs> That's a TV show. We should talk about those now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you folks know at home, but um, we were already going to talk about TV at this time. That's what you call a segue. <laughs> so let's talk about the piece of TV news. I think this one is going to go down as the number one piece of TV news in terms of how much you and I care about it uh, in the entire 81 episode history of the SoCo show. And that is that the CW show Supernatural will soon be airing its 300th episode. <laughs> and they're going to be bringing back Jeffrey Dean Morgan to reprise uh, a character. I think he's like a dad or some shit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he he last played this character 12 years ago oh on Supernatural. God. And they're bringing him back to play him again for like the 300th episode. So the, the 300th, 300th episode happens this season or is it next season? I think it's the, they're currently in season right now, right? I have no idea. I don't watch Supernatural. So, yeah, I think, I think it's going to happen during this season. Well, I will not be tuning in. <laughs> uh, in case, in case you wanted to, in case you needed a reason why I'm never going to watch Supernatural, I'm not taking on anything that's going to take me 300 episodes. <laughs> to get through. 300 hours? How long is 300 hours? That's like 10, uh, it's like 14 days. It's like entire uh, days. Twice the time that uh, James Franco stuck in that rock. 
But yeah, anyway, we just shout out to Supernatural and all of the crazy people who have watched all of their episodes. One of which I think uh, is one of our sponsors and likes to do some woodworking. So I think, uh, yeah, that's going to be the noise that you hear uh, during Supernatural's 300th episode, which is, I mean, I guess go get your money, guys. You know, do your thing. Uh, let's move on to another show that is rolling on. We got a release date for the next season of a show you've been watching, Seth, uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 3. June 5. <laughs> yeah, care to, uh, you know, elaborate on that at all? Or... <laughs> uh, June 5th, Handmaid's Tale, Season 3. Um, looks like they're going in a revenge angle. I didn't watch the trailer. Or I watched a bit of the trailer, the one that they showed, uh, a little brief one they showed during the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, June, who is the main character, is going to be kicking some ass and taking some names. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It's a pretty depressing show, so I'm sure some bad shit will happen to her. But, uh, yeah, it should be uh, interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to see where the next one goes. These season two kind of took a little bit of a step down from the first one, in my opinion. But uh, this is all uncharted territory. There's no books based off this or anything. So um, we will uh, see how June gets her revenge as uh, mm. alluded to in the trailer. And we will see that on June 5th. See what they did there? Ah. Ah, yep. All right. Uh, one more show that we are definitely going to get some more of. Uh, it sounds like we know a little bit about the future of Room 104. Room 104. Um, yeah, so they... Uh, heard this recently that they so season three was already renewed and they filmed it already so it's in the can and then uh season four was recently uh uh, um greenlit by hbo so room 104 is i'm assuming a very cheap show for them to do because it's in one room the entire time and you know there's not a ton of effects or anything like that so and, and and they don't have to pay actors exorbitant like season long fees they they get some pretty big big actors come in um but it's for just one day essentially so um yeah they they already filmed it it's ready to go and season four uh, has been approved so um it's a show that uh season two i enjoyed a whole lot more than season one and i enjoyed season one for the most part but i'm excited for more of these it's very creative different ways of making tv and and pretty engrossing for the you know 25 30 minutes you get on each episode oh yeah i dig it you know me and anthologies i'm a big supporter so really glad to see that this is going to get two entire more seasons on hbo so good stuff uh we'll keep an eye out for release dates but nothing yet uh even though it's it's you know in the can as seth said so it shouldn't be too long of a wait for season three let's go to a couple of uh, a couple of new things that are in the works and let's start with uh, let's start with a, a well both of these actually are going to be hulu properties uh, and the first is going to come to us from Leo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. And it's it's called The Devil in the White City. And you may have heard this this title in the past. It sounds like DiCaprio like got the rights to make this shit like 12 years ago. Hmm. And has been trying to get it done and it just hasn't really just been happening. And finally they have attached Scorsese and it's going to be developed not as a movie, but as a series. And which I think is a really interesting, you know, having DiCaprio and Scorsese on a series rather than a film could be very interesting. This is based on a book that is based, I think, loosely on a, on a true story. 
apparently it will tell the story of Dr. H.H. Holmes, a serial killer and the man behind the murder castle at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. So I guess it's like the original serial killer. He, this guy, H.H. H. Holmes, has been referred to as the first serial killer to be operational in America. So I imagine that will be DiCaprio's part. Uh, prior to DiCaprio being attached, Tom Cruise had given this a run back in 03, but it never got made. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Is this something that, that you are excited to see? Uh, sure, I'll see it. I mean, I'm not, like, chomping at the bit for it or anything, but I'll definitely see it. Uh, again, the TV, if it's, if people, uh, you know, are talking talking good stuff about it and it's got the right people attached to it, like it sounds like it does, uh, it'll be something I'd, I'd check out. Yeah, I am kind of chomping at the bit for this because everything I've seen that's DiCaprio and Scorsese is amazing. Like, they don't even make pretty good movies. They just make amazing fucking movies. And so to have to give them the, the extra time to work on a show, to see DiCaprio in a show, which I don't remember ever seeing in the past, could be really interesting. Anything that gets me more DiCaprio, I am happy with. He's one of my favorites working. And I think this is also interesting because, you know, it's Hulu. And this, this definitely has the makings of, you know, your prestige show. We just talked about Handmaid's Tale kind of similarly. And Hulu kind of making a run at some more of these shows trying to compete with, you know, Amazon and with Netflix, uh, which I think is cool. I think, you know, if they can be a part of that conversation, I think it's better for everybody. So glad to see that. This other project is just wacky. And in fact, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a, I'm going to pull up a link so I make sure I get all this right. Cause there's a lot of shit in here that I might say wrong. Okay. So Hulu is also working with Marvel on a group of new series. So there are going to be four new series based on Marvel properties that are being produced as adult animated series on Hulu. Uh, one of which is Modoc, which is a supervillain. Uh, you may have seen him in the past. He's got a really big ass head and a tiny body. And he's like a bad guy, kind of like a Gru from Despicable Me, where he's got like his organization that he's trying to run. Another one is called Hit Monkey, which <laughs> is, I'm just going to read this one. It's the tale of a wronged Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin as he cuts a wide swath through the Tokyo underworld in this darkly cinematic and brutally funny revenge saga. So you got Hit Monkey, and then you have Tigra and Dazzler, who are, I'm just going to read this one too. Uh, it's a story about two woke superheroes and best friends as they fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles. I don't really know what that means, but I guess they're woke. So that's pretty cool. And then sort of the main, the big one that a lot of people are excited about, Howard the Duck is going to be animated show, part of this whole new Hulu Marvel universe here. And your good friend, uh, or at least the guy you're a fan of, <laughs> Kevin Smith is attached to write uh, on Howard the Duck. So yeah. Howard the Duck, a, kind of a famous Marvel thing. Um, you know, a lot of folks really dig him as sort of an irreverent adult, you know, kind of a kind of a Deadpool, kind of an answer to Deadpool, Yeah, I would say. So that one could be interesting. The rest of these guys, no one has ever heard of. Uh, there are some decent writing teams on this, though. Um, Chelsea Handler is attached to the Tiger and Dazzler one. <laughs> we have Josh Gordon and Will Speck are on uh, Hit Monkey. Uh, they now I can't see it here, but they've been on stuff you've heard of. 
um, Patton Oswalt is involved in the MODOK. And the other part of this whole project is that all four of these, Howard the Duck, MODOK, Hitmonkey, and Tiger and Dazzler, are going to combine into another series that's called The Offenders. <laughs> and I think The Offenders are similar to like a Suicide Squad kind of. They're not villains. They're the good guys, but they're like the dickhead good guys. Yeah. Right? So the ones that cuss and stuff. And so, you know, kind of a Defenders slash uh, Avengers parody, I guess. Um, and so it's going to bring together this whole universe uh, and they're going to do some stuff, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, this to me is just outside of my desire to (laughs) see it. Like I, this is like, I was reading this article earlier today and I was like, I am just not interested in this at all. (laughs) Like there might be some funny stuff in here. I'm sure Howard the Duck will be funny. Um, but I, this, this is maybe like jumping the shark for me in terms of this whole superhero explosion. Like this, this is shit I didn't need. And especially as an, as an adult animated series. That's a confusing place for them to go here. I know that other, other shows like this have had success, like Archer is a big one, and everything on Adult Swim. But I don't know. This seems like a weird place to go. I, what, I don't know. What is your... I'm so just... I, I'm just so confused by all this. I don't know where to go. What is your response to all this? Um, it does seem a little weird <laughs> with all the character choices that they made. Um, Howard, the, Howard the Duck seems to be the one that makes the most sense just because... Uh, people kind of freaked out when he was in Guardians, and uh, you know he has had the movie in the past and a somewhat successful comic book line and all that stuff. So that kind of makes sense to me. I, I figured they would just maybe do one, <laughs> like just his show. Um, the mm-hmm. other ones seem kind of weird. I know like Modok has been rumored to be in the MCU for a while. Um, when Peter Dinklage signed on to do uh, his role in in Infinity War, a lot of people assume that he is going to be Modok. Uh, which, of course, he didn't end up being. Uh, I know it actually makes sense with Patton Oswalt writing it because he was actually at one time um, rumored to be MODOK in the Avengers movies. Um, he's now in the... He ended up being... Or not Avengers, but MCU in general. But now he's uh, instead and he's... He plays like seven of the same character in uh, in S.H.I.E.L.D. So he's technically part of the MCU in that. So he wouldn't be attached there. But no, I, I I'm I will see the Howard the Duck thing, and that's probably it. Um, I just because of Kevin Smith, and I think that's a good pairing because Howard the Duck is very vulgar and and uh, crass and all that stuff. So I think Kevin Smith will be able to write some pretty funny episodes. But um, I also enjoy my animal themed animated shows uh, for like BoJack Horseman. So so I, I will check that out. The other ones I probably will not, um, uh, unless I get good reviews. I don't know who knows, but. Um, I'll, I will get good use out of your, uh, your HBO subscription or not HBO, but, uh, Hulu subscription. Uh, over well, I'm next... glad someone's going to be watching. <laughs> I pay six bucks a month, six bucks a month. I pay six bucks. I can't say this. <laughs> I just did like, did you hear me just do like a, a nostril exhale and reset and then still fuck it up? Yeah. <laughs> you're like so confident going in. You're like, I got it this time. Six bunks. <laughs> I pay six bucks a month and I don't even log in. I don't even log into Hulu. I, that's a weird. Am I the only one who has a problem saying I pay six bucks a month? Six no, bucks that, a month. that I did it right. Okay. That's better. So you got to think about it for a while. That's cheating. Anyway, this whole, let us know what your thoughts are in this whole Hulu Marvel verse thing that they're going to work out. Um, there'd probably be a lot of cussing and stuff. So I guess maybe that's fun. I don't know. We'll see. So, we talked last week that Walking Dead is going into its 10th season. 
and I mentioned briefly that I would be surprised if Denia Guerrera would be on uh, the season <laughs> that much. And they confirmed this week that, or I guess end of last week, Denia Guerrera will be leaving The Walking Dead after season 10, and she's going to be in limited episodes of season 10. So um, probably similar to what happened with uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, who played Rick, and uh, Lauren Cohen, who played Maggie. Uh, they will be in, she will be in very few episodes and then leave. So essentially, that's going to leave Norman Reedus as Daryl and maybe Jeffrey Dean Morgan, depending on how his art goes. Um, unless he's too busy being Papa, <laughs> Papa Supernatural or whatever this character is. The Winchester. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I like him better as Papa Supernatural. Um, Papa Supernatural sounds like a character that's going to be on that Modoc show. Or or Papa Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I see the kick, punch, it's all in the hips. <laughs> I said a ghost, a vampire. <laughs> So yeah, the, that that I I was not surprised when I read that um, that show is going to be interesting. I I actually do. They just had the premiere of, about halfway through the premiere of mid season premiere, and I really like actually where they're going with it because now it's actually kind of oh, there's actually stakes involved again because they have these things called the whispers who um, are people that are in like zombie skin and they walk around with the zombies and like can now like not only uh, like you know, attack people by like, grabbing them. They also have, like, knives and shit, so they're actually kind of sneaky and all that. So it, it adds a cool, a new layer to it, which is pretty cool. And there's they fast-forward, so there's new characters and things like that. So they've freshened it up. I'm just going to be interested to see how this is going to work with pretty much no characters left uh, that, that have people invested. So... All right, so that's Walking Dead news, and that's that's it for TV news this week. But look at this. We got a, a nice, little, uh, nice little edition of Seth's TV Corner coming up. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo, indeed. And this is a show a lot of folks have been talking about, and I've heard rave reviews almost um, almost across the board. So I'm interested to hear uh, what you think of this one from Netflix. It gets a point one out of five. <laughs> um, no, this show is uh, Russian Doll on Netflix. Um, yeah, it was it was on their front page for a long time. It premiered, uh, I think, like last last Friday, not this past Friday, but the Friday before, something like that. Um, stars Natasha Leone, who plays uh, Nichols, Nikki, Nickel, Nichols. I know they call her Nichols, but I think it's Nikki or something like that. Um, from Orange Is the New Black. Um, you've seen her in a lot of random, like especially a lot of like indie movies and things like that. Uh, a few of them on Netflix, but what the show is about, it's. Uh, Kind of like Groundhog's Day. Uh, she, so Natasha Leone plays um, this uh, main character named Nadia. Uh, it's her like 36th birthday party. And she, uh, the, it starts off, she's like in this bathroom. Uh, the song plays. Uh, it's like a happy kind of fun song. And she's having a party thrown for her, uh, for her birthday by her friends. Um, the first, the beginning of the episode, the first episode is, is her, you know, going through it all. She, you know, hooks up with this guy and, um, you know, sees weird things happening and stuff like that. She dies at the end of the episode and she ends up back in the bathroom. Same thing. People are knocking on the door the same way, same music playing. And she's like, Oh, what? I pretty sure I live this day. And so, um, the show, like the first four or so episodes, are her kind of figuring out the rules of the world, 
and then kind of like the the last four episodes are uh, more of like how are we fixing it that type of thing so they introduce some different elements different characters in there but um the first uh it, it is kind of a tale of two shows almost in, in that way um it's a it's like a dark darkish comedy it's like not like super depressing but there are some like kind of fucked up scenes here and there uh, especially with the deaths <laughs> um and there are some dramatic moments in the kind of the later half because they explore more of the character itself her of natasha leon's character uh nadia and and kind of like how she's why she's dealing th- dealing with all this and how she's trying to fix it but um it is so the show is actually created by by natasha leon um another writer who's done a lot of like TV uh, stuff. And she also wrote uh, the movie. Remember? um, Oh, sleeping with other people with Jason Sudeikis. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's a good movie. She wrote that movie and directed that. And then uh, Amy Poehler was also involved with this. Uh, She, she helped co-create the show. I don't know if she wrote it in the episodes or not, but I think she's a producer in all of them and stuff. Um, So pretty good, a pretty good creative team involved. Um, so not, I mean, the show is is very funny at times. I definitely laughed out loud a, a lot. Um, there are, like I said, some serious shows. Natasha Leone plays a character very similar to hers in Orange Is the New Black, where she is very like sarcastic, very kind of like confident and cocky, kind of uh, um, can be kind of a bitch too, and, and can kind of uh, I don't know, think she's better than people sometimes, but then also get you know she's also needs she needs other people too she's kind of she kind of like sucks the life out of other people in certain ways and obviously like a show like this with it being a a, a groundhog's day type of show it's very much about like uh kind of self-reflection and and growing and things like that so you get you get that throughout the show too but um along with being funny and kind of a cool concept because you know she lives the same day in different ways and she you know tries to navigate the world um it's really cool with those type of mechanics and, and how they, uh, how the mystery un- unfolds throughout the show. Um, Cause there is a really cool mystery aspect to it, especially when they introduce another character into it who it helps drive along the, the whole uh, rules of the world and, and how they're trying to fix that. So it's a really cool mystery. And, and the last four episodes is that mystery part. And that's where you're, you're, that's where I was really hooked into this, like trying to figure everything out. That was really cool. They do a good job of setting the base with with introducing all the characters and setting up the world, and then the the, the latter half with the rules and and uh, actually no, the first part is more about the rules of the world, and the second half is kind of like solving it all. And and so it is really interesting and, and engrossing, and and it's one of the shows that I binge through. I mean, it's easy to binge through because it's eight episodes, thirty minutes a piece, but it's also it's it's one of the shows you don't want to turn off because it's they they leave you with something every time, and they they have such a interesting world for you to try and figure out everything so it's all really cool it's very interesting very funny really well acted they're like so there's some pretty emotional deep scenes so very uh highly recommended very um very just a really really good show to watch um i will give it give it 4.6 brutal deaths out of five four points that's a good score yeah and i didn't so i um you know, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this, but I didn't know what it was about until you just explained it to me. And so I'm kind of, and part of my head is going, okay, we're getting this right now with Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. And so this must be doing a lot for you to separate itself from that. Yeah. With its pre- it, 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 even though the premise is the same, are they doing a lot differently stylistically? Yeah. Or like, what is it that separates it out for you? Stylistically, um, yes, it's not a horror thing for one um okay it it also the the way that the the way that the repeats work is very different they they have their own they have their own spin on it um 
once you get to the point where you're, they start introducing, because the, like I said, the first four or so episodes, um, unless you're noticing it, like you don't a hundred percent. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil how this world works, but it's really cool. Um, how okay. the way, the way that they do this, do the, do, do the, 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 the respawning essentially um, once they reveal some of that and how it's working uh, is really cool. It's different for, uh, for me anyway, I haven't really seen any like repeat day scenarios like this. It is a hundred percent different from happy death day though. So um, none of that, like, <laughs> you know, if it, it, at least in the first happy death day where she would die and, and it would start to kill her type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not, none of that in terms of like injuries, but there are repercussions, I will say. But in different ways. So they introduce a lot of different... They introduce something different, but a lot of different aspects to this respawning thing. And it it works all really well because it... They explain it really well. They, they, they make it all make sense in the end. It's it's really cool. It's... it's uh, on a on the premise alone just like like i said it's it's they do a good job of just like setting everything up and then leading you down that path they don't just like instantly like here's the world here's how it's going like they mm-hmm. set everything up for you with with the characters and 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 give you a reason to like everyone and care about them and then they're like okay so here's how we're going to start shaking it up a little bit for you and and here's how you're going to start being really hooked into it and want to keep you know hitting the play button in the next episode I like the sound of this, and it's. I'm, I'm really glad that you have reviewed it here because I, I figured it was just one of those things that I, they're like, oh, everyone else will watch it. I don't need to, whatever. But you, you, you are hooking me in with this premise, and I am going to add this to my list for sure. I think you would like it a lot, especially with it being. Um, now, I, I don't know how like big of a Natasha Leon fan you are. I know you didn't watch. Oh, a I whole love lot. her. I've Do seen you? her in a her. her um, so she does a, an episode on New Girl. Do you remember mm-hmm. this? I think where so. she she uh, her and Schmidt always fuck at weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's trying to get him to fuck her, and it's hysterical. So I I I've seen her on a number of things in like that capacity, and I've always really enjoyed her stuff. So yeah, yeah she she I didn't realize it was her either that was starring yeah. in it. So this is all good things that I'm hearing. She does a really good job. Uh, yeah, she could. Um, never really seen her carry anything before. She, I, I've never seen her star in anything, and she does a really good job of carrying the show. Um, there's really not a ton of other celebrities in this show. It's basically just her, uh, is the known celebrity in this. And, uh, yeah, she, she does a really good job of carrying it. She, her character is compelling enough and they give enough of a backstory for her over time that makes you care about her and all that stuff too. So it all, it just works on every level. It, it, it really does. I mean, the reason I didn't rate it just a little bit higher, um, I don't really have a a super solid, I mean, I, I think maybe, it wasn't quite as funny as, as maybe I, I was expecting going into it. I figured with everyone attached, I thought it'd be a little bit more of a comedy. Uh, sometimes the the way that the deaths uh, happen in the show uh, are kind of like, might even be a little bit too like gruesome a little bit at times. Mm. Um, so that's kind of out of place. But uh, I loved the music in the show, the the music selections and things like that. The the song that she keeps coming back to when she's alive is, is perfect. Um, or when she dies is perfect. So, uh, when she comes back into the bathroom and stuff is, is really cool. Yeah. It's just all around, all, all the way around. It's a, it's a really interesting and, and it's a good, it's a good mystery. Not only is it funny, but it's just a good mystery. So definitely recommend checking it out. Well, this is hitting all my, my C spots. That's what I call my, my little boxes for, uh, well, my little box. Um, (laughs) 
So I am definitely going to check this out. I have it on my list, and Seth thinks you should too. 4.6 gruesome deaths out of 5 for Russian Doll on Netflix. So make sure you check that out. It was the subject of this week's TV Corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo indeed. And speaking of gruesome, uh, we might have a couple gruesome things in this week's edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. So we talked last week about the news that Deadpool 3 is still in the works and will still be rated R, even though it's going to be a Disney property. And all, all indications are that Deadpool 3 will be the first ever rated R Disney movie. And so uh, we had the thought, let's run with that idea. What if Disney started to get into the business of making rated R movies? What are some of the Disney films that we would like to see redone and given the rated R treatment? And I think this one is going to be fun. Um, I went into, I found a list and it wasn't complete. I can tell just because of the, some of the things I was missing, but I pulled up a list of, of quote, every Disney movie ever made. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of Disney movies in case you didn't know. And there's a lot of terrible Disney movies, <laughs> it, like way more terrible ones than there are good ones. It's probably like 80% terrible. <laughs> And it was pretty entertaining. And some of them... Now, I didn't pick anything too obscure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you did, but... Uh, no. But there there certainly are some obscure ones if they wanted to get into it. So, I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, mine, are, this... mine are all known properties, so... Okay, good. Same here. Number five. Uh, my number five uh, is one that I think would be something you could do rated R more for uh, sake of, like, horror, maybe. You could do like a dark horror, uh, like a horror comedy with it, but it would be a Monsters Inc. Okay, kind of hold fun. your thought, hold your hold your horses right there, Seth. We gotta kick that one down the road a little bit. Kick the can. Yep, we're gonna kick that. Hold can. my hold my horse. Yep, hold that yep. horse. All right, what's your number? Hold five? it with both hands too. It's a big horse. Gross. Um, my number five, and stay with me here. Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> I actually Here's debated. What, Here's what I want out of Herbie Fully Loaded. Uh, I don't care whether or not they keep Lindsay Lohan. If they do, that's fine. But what I want is like a character who is, <laughs> is the main character is already like doing illegal shit, right? So they're like a drug runner or a hitman or something. They're already well, no. a bad guy. Here's the thing is you could just literally have not even like the character Lindsay Lohan played, but literally Lindsay Lohan. Like she could be doing blow off the, off the dash. Yeah. And like drunk driving all the time. And shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. That kind of character X. And then her, you, you don't change Herbie at all. You just give Herbie to a different person. That's all you have to do. And that makes Herbie rated R. And so like, uh, you know, the person is like trying to get Herbie to like run people over and shit. And maybe, maybe Herbie fights it and maybe he doesn't. I don't, maybe Herbie goes evil or maybe it's just Herbie. Maybe it's just Herbie goes evil. Maybe he just runs people over on Wait, his own. Does Herbie so have Stephen a voice? No, he doesn't talk. Okay. See, I'd want to give him a voice where he's like, he could, if he's like evil, he'd be like, yeah, what are you doing over there? <laughs> like, <laughs> Hey, come over here. Or, or, hey, or I'm driving here. <laughs> or if he's controlled by someone who's like a psychopath, he could be like, no, don't do it. <laughs> We're not want to run him over. That sounded like Winnie the Pooh. This is Winnie the Pooh meets Knight Rider. Winnie the Pooh's stuck what? in the hood. <laughs> like he's stuck in the engine block. <laughs> no. Oh, oh my. See, we're already off to a good start. We got Herbie fully loaded murdering folks. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a drug-addled Lindsay Lohan behind the <laughs> wheel. 
I love this. I love it. Number four. Uh, my number four is uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Ooh, good one. Um, and so where you could go rated R with this one. Well, one is like, I like John C. Riley as Ralph, but he's a comedic guy. And he, he like, some of his funnier stuff is when he's being vulgar. So I would love to see Ralph go just, like, vulgar with it. Um, but also, like, you could introduce some, like, really fucked up video game characters. Like, you could, you could like, bring in, um, I don't know, like... Well, you could bring in like the Resident Evil franchise and have them just like gnawing on fools. Oh God! <laughs> you could do the hot coffee mod from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, just have them start banging each other. Um, but there's all kinds of like characters. Um, I know you know, not a lot of people played uh, No More Heroes, but the main character for that one is very uh, sarcastic, and that game's super bloody and like very. He's just like kind of funny and cracking jokes. Um, you could, I mean, you could have some weird scenarios with some like rated R type characters. Uh, it would be kind of fun. So it, it'd be fun just to like open up the properties to others other than just like your, you know, your uh, Nintendos and, and stuff like that. So it'd be fun to see some of those different characters involved and uh, have a mix up with the, the rated R version of it. I have three ideas for the sequel. Okay. It's still Ralph going into the internet. One of them is the obvious one. He ends up on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. And he has to figure out how to get out of Pornhub. The second one, he accidentally leaks someone's nudes. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't care who it is. But he, he, some celebrity, he accidentally leaks their nudes. And he has to go across the internet to get them. And so he has to go into a whole bunch of like pervs computers and get them back. So that's the second one. The third one is that he goes into the dark web. Yeah. And and there's like people like paying for people to get murdered and shit and like <laughs> body parts and stuff. Yeah, and buying body parts and stuff. And that just gets into like a whole weird like requiem for a dreams type shit <laughs> that Wreck It Ralph is running around in. <laughs> then Hervey shows shows up and he's like, Oh no, don't buy that arm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna <laughs> Ralph's like, Shut up, Herbie, get me out of here. <laughs> no, so I don't think my number four is too much of a stretch. I don't think you would need to change this movie a lot. I went with Mulan at number four. Mulan Rouge? Gotcha. No, just Mulan. Oh. And it's basically keep the keep the whole story, right? But deanimate it, go live action, and then and then just show me all the violence, right? Just just show me the sword fighting and all of that kind of stuff. And um and have her kill some more people. I don't remember how many people she kills, if any. Um, but just, like, give me more violence. Give me, like, Mel Gibson presents live-action Mulan. That's the movie everywhere. that I want. Yeah, exactly. That That's pretty much it. Like, that's super basic. Just give me mega-violent... Maybe, like... Uh, yeah, Mel Gibson is actually the perfect guy for it. Mel Gibson does Mulan. That's exactly what I want. And would probably get another racist rant out of him because he'd be dealing with a lot of Asian actors. <laughs> you could get, like... Um, you know Danny Rand's uh, little, uh, his, like, companion? Colleen Wing? On, yeah, that you could get her to play Mulan and have a bunch of, like, super gnarly sword choreography like the Crazy 88 fight in uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. Like, that kind of shit is what I'm talking about that, that I want to see. In, like, and I know they're already doing Mulan, and it'll probably be good, but, like, give me the mega-violent one that's, like, kind of dark. But don't change the story at all. Just maybe maybe lose, like, the cartoon dragon. But everything else, just more violent. <laughs> Number three. This one would be much better being rated R. Oh, God. Because <laughs> it's Pirates of the Caribbean. <wow. <laughs> wow. Seth Ott, everybody. He'll I, be here I, all week. 
I've been waiting to do that one. I don't really care now. You can, we can go to the next one. No, um, I don't really care for the Pirates movies, but I mean, you could if they were. I think feel like I would be more interested if they're rated R. People are getting like decapitated and like actually stabbed in the in the stomach, and uh, you know, like the um, they could have like the uh, they could show like the the pirates and the their their wenches or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. Wenches? I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch these movies. Um, I would actually, I would be get behind a, a a not as cartoony pirate. I know some of them are kind of darker, but um, kind of base it a little bit more in realism, uh, a little bit, um, and and kind of get it more dark and and you know show some of the stabbings and all that stuff. It'd be more of a kind of an intense thing than a little bit of the cartoony stuff they show now, like you know Jack Sparrow riding a giant wheel. That's not my that's not my cup of tea. <laughs> so uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I think would be the best like to just remake that and do mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. Cause they, that one does a little more, it's got a little more of a horror element to it. Right. Because mm-hmm. all of the pirates on that ship are like zombie pirates. And I think if they kept it with that and kept that, you know, kind of zombie style and made it a little scarier, that could be really interesting. I would dig that. I'd watch it. Uh, for number three, this is where I had monsters Inc. Okay. And this one could be fucking fun mainly because Mainly because you could keep Mike Wazowski and Sully. You could keep them as nice guys, but Randall would be fucking horrifying. <laughs> if it was a rated R scary movie and he's like eating kids and shit, like that's my, my Monsters Inc. He's eating kids to get the energy. Instead, <laughs> forget screens, forget laughs. He's eating the fuckers and they have to go stop him. So they're like having to run his ass down and he's like already a slithery. He's basically a snake with giant teeth and, um, he already scares the shit out of me. Like, even when they, like, just dabble in scary in that movie, he's fucking scary. And also, I really want to see, I really want to see Roz. <laughs> Did you file <laughs> your paperwork, Mr. Wazowski? <laughs> what else would you do on Monsters, Inc.? I know you already had it. No, I mean, I, I would just probably, yeah, make it to a little bit more of a horror comedy. Leave it, not have it as cartoony. I, I would picture it more of a live action thing, maybe, whereas, like, Boo is a real child. And these these monsters are coming out of the closet and stuff, and and they're scaring the fuck out of these kids, and and just kind of make it more of like a I don't know, make it more of a Babadook type of thing. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Number two, Black Panther would be kind of fun to see rated. Oh R. fuck yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that. Yes, because I mean it, it it already is you know pretty you know it's taken very seriously and earnestly and stuff, but. Kind of like how Logan was, if you you know got to see because there's a ton of these one on one battle scenes and and seeing them actually like you know stab each other or use this technology to blast each other and all that stuff and like getting to show that that deep and gritty and hard hitting like uh, fighting would be really really cool. Um, you could still keep, I mean, you could keep all the lines and the comedy, even the comedy in there, but showing like I, I would probably make it a little bit more, a little bit more serious. You know, maybe take out just a little bit like with uh, the the doctor guy running the 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 ship or whatever <laughs> maybe take that out because that's pretty like yeah that's get pretty... rid of the white guy yeah <laughs> yeah it makes it pretty goofy so i uh, take out some of the goofier scenes but for the most part it, it it suits itself pretty well for what a rated r1 could be but showing like especially even like you can maybe even do like a kind of a prequel showing uh these battles and like kind of the struggle for power would be kind of cool in a rated r rated R type of scenario where they're these doing they're they're all doing these battles on that that waterfall and stuff and showing kind of the the rise of Wakanda and all that that, that might, might be cool actually fuck yeah I'd watch the hell out of that 
My number two, basically all, mine are all horror movies. I guess Mulan is not. Actually, and my number one isn't either. Um, but this one is definitely a horror movie, and it's Inside Out. <laughs> and basically, the only thing you have to change is instead of a 12-year-old girl, it's a serial killer. And it's, <laughs> but everything else is the same. You still have all those little characters in there. But like, and did you ever see Inside Out? No, I've heard amazing things about it, but I never got, to, I never you ended up going back to it. Oh, you should absolutely watch it. it is it is delightful. I, I bawled like a baby, but um, it's a really good movie. It's very funny, very creative. I think you would enjoy it a lot. It might even make you a little bit nostalgic. I'm not saying you're going to squirt any tears, but like Gross. it'll make you feel a little something, I think. Um, anyway, Inside Out, but now he's a murderer. And, <laughs> and in, in Inside Out, uh, the way this world is set up is there are significant events in a person's life that shape who they yeah. are. And each of them get an island in her head, mm-hmm. right? So the, the characters spend the movie going out to her different islands and trying to fix things. So in this, the islands are like horrifying shit that happened to him. Like maybe mm-hmm. he was like abused as a kid or maybe he saw someone get murdered or some shit. Like a bunch of fucked up things are on his islands. And his, um, his emotions, the little characters in there, like the anger one and the fear one are like way tougher than everyone else. And it's up to like Joy and uh, I can't remember the other couple, but it's, it's up to them to like defeat the other ones, but they don't because it's a, it's a, it's a rated R movie. So they end up getting murdered and um, this guy basically kills a bunch of shit. So it's basically, it's just inside out, except it's a different person. That's, <laughs> it's, and I think it would be fucking scary. Uh, and it would be also inside out. It actually has a lot of like legit mental health things in it. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of what they a lot of what they've cartoonized are real things mm-hmm. or not. You know, it's the understanding of the science that this is how shit works. Mm-hmm. And so you could do a lot of that, too. You could speak to the actual psychology of a serial killer using, you know, cartoons or not cartoons or however it is you wanted to do it. I think mm-hmm. that'd be super interesting and terrifying. Number one. I don't know if maybe we have, might have the same number one here. Um, I went with Star Wars. No, I, I, okay. I almost, I thought about it and, uh, I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't sure what it would add. Yeah. I, Star Wars is already near perfect to me. So <laughs> I'm sure you have, I'm sure you could get more out of it. Yeah. I would definitely get more out of it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like for me, like I like the, the action and stuff and I, I like last Jedi I had some really cool scenes, uh, and, and they were a little bit more graphic than some of the other ones. Um, like the, the lightsaber to the guy that goes through the back of that guy's head or whatever. That one's Fuck pretty yeah. awesome. Um, but I would like to see some of like the, you know, to see, you know, cause realistically with how the, the logic is here, you know, like it cauterizes the wounds and stuff, but you know, it's not going to cauterize all of it. You know, like I would like to see some of like, see some of the, the more brutal stuff. Cause some of the stuff is pretty brutal. They just don't show much of it, you know, kind of get the, 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 the brutality and, and the depth of war would be kind of cool. It, I don't know. It would add something for me because I still, when I watch these these movies, I still don't really, I don't know. I, I don't, like with war movies, a lot of times when I see war movies, um, being able to see kind of like the, the aftermath and the, and the effects of war on people, um, that's what kind of sucks me in. And, and, and with this, it's like, I just don't ever feel for any of these characters. I don't really care that much what happens to them. Um, especially like the stormtroopers and stuff and, and like the people fight, like the, the, the rebels trying to fight them. It's like, when I see one go down, I'm just like, oh, whatever. 
you know, like it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't really seem like it ever matters to me. And, and being able to see kind of more brutal, the brutal sides, the brutal aspects of the war, um, of the star war, um, <laughs> would, would, uh, I think you could, you could add more of that with, with the rated R parts of it, because at the end of the day, these movies are made for, you know, made for kids, um, mm-hmm. and you know, the younger audience. And so, you know, the, I know that's, that's a lot of the reason they don't show these things, but, uh, you know, I feel like they could they could add more depth and emotional impact to it with with some of that. And I know like Rogue One kind of had that towards the end, uh, some of the emotional parts of it. But um, by that point, I didn't care anyway. So I think what I'm hearing you say is having a little bit more actual violence would increase the stakes for you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck with and maybe that. maybe and like think... throw in a few swear words here and there, like where yeah. it could be like fuck you, Kylo. <laughs> And have it just be the dialogue a little less Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Darth Maul could be scary as fuck. Yeah. If, if he was lit just a little bit differently, uh, that could be pretty cool. I, I, I dig this. I think it could be cool. And like I said, I, they don't. Star Wars doesn't need to be fixed for me, but I, I think it could be. It could make it very good. My number one, and I've thought quite a bit about this, is Zootopia. <laughs> now, Zootopia is already pretty dark. All right. But all, all you need to do to Zootopia to make it rated R is just, like, take everything and take the cute just down by, like, two or three notches to where they look just a little bit more like the actual animals that they're portraying. And then just, like, show me the blood. Like, there's already some brutal shit in Zootopia. Zootopia is, like, a tough movie. Like, I don't know if I'd show my five-year-old Zootopia. Um, it's already kind of gnarly. But give me, give me Zootopia. Decute the animals a little bit. And then give me, like, Michael Mann... So it's like heat, basically just make heat with animals and follow the cop, uh, the bunny cop and uh, all the same shit can happen. You still have all the same themes and everything like that, but just, just make it a little nastier and have like him, uh, have like Michael Mann or, um, like Scorsese, um, you know, one of these, one of these big, someone who can do like a big sweeping crime drama around Zootopia and like mega violent though and super bloody. So it's like, you know, a rhino getting shot in the fucking face. <laughs> and, you know, like all sorts of stuff like that. But basically it's it's just a big like like the like the departed or heat. Something something along those lines, uh, but just with animals. That'd be heat. That'd be Zootopia. Heatopia. Hmm. That's what I want. Yeah, I could get behind that. That would be uh yeah, cuz Zootopia was pretty cuz they dealt with a lot of like like kind of like race and stuff like that in it. So yeah, there's there's race stuff. There's like police brutality stuff. There's people getting murdered. There's those uh, the rabbit animals eating fucking people and stuff. Yeah, there's like there's all sorts of shit that is pretty close to scary already. Like just take the take the training wheels off and you already got the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah you definitely have to decartoonize it a little bit. But yeah, it would be it would be uh, be a pretty uh, hefty <laughs> drama almost. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. That's why Zootopia is one of my favorite. Uh, animated movies is because it it's, it feels more adult than most of them. Yeah, it doesn't pull as many punches as others, but yeah, it could be cool. And there's like a political aspect too, because the mayor's, uh, you know, is the mayor involved or is the mayor not involved? You know, there's that whole angle. So yeah, Zootopia. I'm gonna go. I this more than anything else has just made me think. I gotta I gotta go back and watch a couple of these movies again. Zootopia and Inside Out. I want to watch again. I want to see Mulan again before the. I'm not gonna watch Herbie fully loaded again. But um, do it. A lot of these Disney movies are pretty legit, and we picked good ones. Like, you could have picked shitty ones, too. We could have done Old Yeller. The only thing you need to change about Old Yeller is just show what happens at the end. But uh, besides that, 
you know, I think we picked. I think I think we picked the best ones. Did you have any honorable mentions? No, not really. I mean, the Herbie one was the one I was thinking of. I thought about that one, but yeah, not not really. The ones I kind of came up with there. The yeah, I went through kind of a similar list on like Wikipedia of all the Disney movies, and yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to really. Yeah. Other than if you went through all the like all, a lot of the Marvel movies would make sense rated R. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the first Iron Man could be pretty cool rated R. Yeah. Uh, especially with like you know throwing in some of uh, Tony's humor being a little bit more adult uh you could do that some of the like the and him fucking a bunch yeah that and actually wasn't the first iron man universal anyway i don't think it was i don't think it was disney initially. i have no clue it was marvel it, it, it was under like the marvel banner but i don't know if they had been acquired yet yeah i don't think they had but no i don't know yeah it, it, i those are there, there could be some pretty interesting ones but i've got some honorable mentions um the lone ranger I think could be pretty cool. Basically, just more violence. Um, sure. Haunted Mansion, which had uh, Eddie Murphy in it, just make yeah. that scarier. You know, it's just a scary house movie. Uh, make it Pocahontas. Instead of Eddie Murphy, one? instead of Eddie Murphy on the Haunted Mansion, they could do like uh, they could have Jordan Peele do it and uh, <laughs> like make it like Get Out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, basically. And they don't even have to change much. That movie's already kind of scary. It scared me when I saw it, but that's um yeah, basically just make that a horror movie. It already is close. Um, what else do I have? Pocahontas. Again, just, just show me more brutally the violence that's already in that movie. And then maybe you get a sex scene between her and that white guy. Um, but basically like you could do Pocahontas up pretty much like the beginning part of the Revenant for a, for a big part of Pocahontas. And so I think that one could be pretty cool. This movie sucked, but Oz the Great and Powerful, (laughs) which was like the prequel to the Wizard of Oz had James Franco and, um, it's kind of the origin story of the Wicked Witch of the West. So basically just let her continue to be as scary as she already is and have her murder a couple of those munchkins or something. And then this last one I think would be great. I, I specifically think you take this movie and you give it to like Seth Rogen to write it and like get his some of his buddies to do the voice talent or whatever. Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> Basically, it becomes the the sausage party, except it's in a single kitchen. But then that movie also gets into some weird, like trippy shit, right? And so it would it, maybe the toaster takes some mushrooms or something, and they get into all this weird stuff. But I think that could be fucking cool. So like stoner comedy slash like scary, brave little toaster with Seth Rogen and his writing guys and his team behind it. <laughs> Those are all my interventions. Basically, I just pitched you ten great fucking movies. Someone go make them. <laughs> This is a fun exercise. I want to do more Mambos where we're like altering an existing movie or like, you know, things like this. Because um, this was a lot of fun. I had a blast doing it. This took me like 10 minutes to do. I instantly <laughs> had all these ideas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Great stuff in Mambo. Don't forget, to, don't forget to let us know what you thought of our lists and what you thought we were missing. Maybe there are some things that you think would make better rated R movies. And if you have a topic that you think would be great for Mambo number five, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael at Seth O'Ott or at Soko Show Pod and let us know what you would like to see us make a list out of. All right. Well, I don't know uh, if you're aware of this, but a lot of the movies that we just talked about have lines in them. And uh, what do you do with lines, Seth? You, you, you quote them. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote!
I am fucking killing it on the segways today. You, you uh, <laughs> you, you might have come. You might have used all your cre- your creativity on the mambo list because uh, it's not really working with your your segways. I think it's working. I think it's been great stuff. <laughs> what do we got for this week's quote? Some more great stuff. This quote is, I hate to disappoint you, but my rubber lips are immune to your charms. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this, I think I know this one. <laughs> is this Batman and Robin? Yeah, who says it? Uh, Robin says it when Poison Ivy tries to give him, <laughs> well, she does kiss him. And then he peels his lips off and says that to her. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, if it's not Batman and Robin, I have no fucking clue what it is. <laughs> is that really what he says? Yeah. My I hate rubber to... lips. Yeah. I hate to disappoint you, but my rubber lips are immune to your charms. God, that is hacky. <laughs> That's probably, uh, in an in an otherwise perfect movie, I think that one, <laughs> that line could have been done a little better. Oh, there are so many bad lines. I went through the the quotes, and there are so many terrible ones. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> cool so party. So many awful. <laughs> Anyone who tries to argue that that movie's any good, go hey, slow look, your roll. Go look at the quotes and just just cringe after you scroll and look at everyone. Okay, here's the thing. Give me. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend this movie for like 25 seconds. Stop it. You're, you think it's bad because you're comparing it to the dark Knight. Okay. Stop fucking no, doing that. This was not, made, this was made in the nineties when, when movie. superhero movies were supposed to be hammy no, they and they were, were supposed to be campy. And this is what you expected out of Batman. Batman was this for it 50 so years bad. before the dark Knight came along. Okay. You have to, you have to remember what you're comparing it up against. It was made in the nineties. This was bad in the nineties. You're comparing it to childhood movie watching, which back when you're a kid, you like every fucking movie. You go back and watch it now. It is God awful. It's not good writing. It is terrible acting. It is great. It is awful. (laughs) It's fantastic. And it has nipples. How many movies did you get to see that had nipples when you were a kid? Uh, Lots. And I don't need to see bat dude nipples or oh. bat dude butt cheeks <laughs> hey they were great butt cheeks though no you can't <laughs> deny that it is a terrible movie also didn't you uh didn't you have the hots for alicia silverstone sure but i again i was it came out in 1997 i was like six and i wasn't really thinking much about chicks back then i was thinking about fucking popsicles like and the ice age <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey, here's the thing, okay? You can you can choose to dislike this movie if you want. That's on you if you want to enjoy your life less. I choose to enjoy a great film and not tear it down. And so that's why I think it's a great movie. It's the worst movie. <laughs> if you want to hear some more thoughts about Batman and Robin, which I didn't think I didn't think I was going to say that today. Uh if you want to hear more, uh, I'll link actually to a video of a JB classic where Jared uh, from the past reviewed this movie at Jared Buckendall. So make sure you go check that one out. It is a pretty good one. He does a, a whole little section of the ice puns, which is my favorite part of that movie. Better or worse Bane than Tom Hardy? Oh, Tom Hardy's definitely better. 
This Bane just close. This Bane, this Bane doesn't say anything. He just gets bubbled up into a giant person and just he says Rrr. he says he says <laughs> exactly. I think he he might have some lines before they stick him in there. I don't know, but that that movie also has the line. Oh no, it's boiling acid. <laughs> is it this that is, one? This or? is quality shit. Yeah, it is that one. Cause, and then they then they uh, air surf down onto buildings. Remember when that was such a cool thing? Because they did that, and Tommy did it in the Power Rangers movie. Like <laughs> yeah. people people were apparently snow or sky surfing <laughs> a lot in the late nineties. I don't know. But the, the at least the Power Rangers did it to the people keep on. That. <laughs> yeah. That song had the the end of that song was uh, or the end of that movie had that song um uh and get higher and higher yeah. that that was a sweet end That's at the that. end of the movie. Yeah, when they have the fireworks cuz they saved the day or whatever. Yep. Man, the Power Rangers movie was dope. I wonder if I let let's use this opportunity to make a formal request of JB Classics for Power Rangers. Ooh. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. That's a good one. So uh, I know he's going to hear this, but uh, folks, uh, show your support by going to Twitter at Jared Buckendall and asking for Power Rangers as a JB classic. I think that'd be a good one. All right, Seth. Well, we got to keep things going, and you know, we just uh, we just talked about quotes, and uh, <laughs> quotes are in movies. So, what do you say we talk about a little bit of movie news? Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. They said it couldn't be done, but I, I continue to have fantastic segues. And here we are in the movie news section. Uh, we got a couple of quickie pieces of news. The first is something that maybe only I'm excited about. Uh, we got word this week that Rebecca Ferguson has confirmed she is going to be back for Mission Impossible 7, which I think everyone expected at this point. I, I don't know that anyone's trying to jump off of the Mission Impossible ship right now, but we got confirmation that Ilsa Faust will be back. And, uh, you know, she can get it. So I am very excited about this. I don't imagine that it changes your level of anticipation very much at all. That's cool that she's back. I liked her in the last one. That's about it. Yeah. I'm hoping they get Jeremy Renner back, too. That would be yeah, that, that would be cool. I liked his character. The, the rumor is that they were supposed to have him in Fallout, but he, he was written to die in the early part of the movie. And so Renner refused to do it because he didn't want his character to die <laughs> is what I've heard, which oh, that's what I would do too. So I can't blame old Jeremy for that one. This next piece of news. I, I already feel like I, I think I'm not the only one who was calling a flop on this one, but we have another Terminator movie coming out and it's going to be coming out later this year in the later half of 2019. It's going to be kind of like a Halloween that we just got in 18 where it's going to retcon a bunch of shit and come in after, I think, the first two Terminator mm-hmm. movies. So you're going to have a way later version of Sarah Connor. She's going to be older. And then there's a couple other folks. And a different a different Terminator is going to come in, too. Um, we got the official title this week. It's going to be called Terminator Dark Fate, which is maybe the lamest title of anything I've heard in my life. <laughs> uh, where are you on this new Terminator movie? I know we've only seen, like, one still of it. Uh, but I don't think you're much of a fan of the Terminator series. Are you? Are you getting excited for this edition? Um, yeah, I'm not really a big Terminator fan, but I know that like hearing from the people involved, it sounds like a lot of people are pretty hopeful about it. Um, I know Tim Miller, 
who is the comic book guy. He also did Deadpool and all that stuff. He's uh, directing it, and he's he actually came to James Cameron with a bunch of ideas. And I know James Cameron hasn't been involved since the second one, I don't think. Right. Best one um, series by far. So, and I know people love the first one, too. Ever since then, they've all, sounds like they've been pretty much poop. So, Tim Miller came to James Cameron with it, and James Cameron really liked it. So, um, that's that sounds hopeful, because... You know, <laughs> you know, uh, James Cameron is is involved again, so uh, he he owns he owns the rights to, uh, to him and everything again. So, getting it back in the original hands uh, with the original, and I guess not original director, but I know like John Car- John Carpenter is going to be involved again with the music and stuff like that too. So, it sounds like it's again like a Halloween scenario where you know it's kind of getting back to basics, back to the roots, and and um, you know getting it to the people who really have a passion for it that aren't just like wanting to make a quick buck. So uh, I feel like it could be good. It very well could. Uh, One interesting thing, and I didn't know this until just this last week, someone pointed out to me, Terminator, soon to be a Disney product. Oh, yeah. Terminator is included in 20th Century Fox. So uh, who knows? I mean, hopefully hopefully they still get it out. Uh, It sounds like they are. But, you know, we'll be interested to see the future of the Terminator franchise. Speaking of that real quick, actually... um, so in that call that they had last week with uh, the about the the business deal, within that they also talked about kind of what's going to be going on with the whole Fox label. So um, Fox will still be a label. Fox will still be 20th Century Fox. It'll they'll they'll still be putting out movies. It'll be 20th Century Fox presented by Disney or something along those lines, mm-hmm. and they'll still be they'll be putting out. Uh, it sounds like. Uh, about half of the movies that they were been putting out, so like fourteen or so, move fourteen, fifteen movies a year. Fox Searchlight will still be putting out movies uh, again as a, a brand of Disney. So um, they'll be putting out movies, um, and, and so I'm I'm assuming Terminator will be, you know, a 20th Century Fox thing, um, and, and it won't, you know, they won't put Disney's name in front of it. It'll be a Fox thing still. So Fox really isn't disappearing in terms of like you won't hear the name Fox anymore. It'll just be you know, a brand or a branch of Disney. So, well, that's good. And I think it also gives them an opportunity to, to keep some, keep Disney name off of some shit that they don't mm-hmm. want, you know, yep. uh, maybe like Deadpool, like we talked about. So, mm-hmm. um, that is, I think a good move and, and I'm glad for that. It means more keep, people are keeping their jobs. So that's good news. All right. This third piece, this is the strange. This is, I don't know. It's tough to say. I've heard a lot of strange news recently, but this is one of the strangest things that I've heard of in a long time. We're getting a spinoff. That it, it, I'll just let you talk about it because I, I don't even know how to set it up. The first, uh, I guess, technical spinoff of the Warner Brother or the the DCEU is happening um, because Aquaman has made a billion dollars. They're doing a, a a a horror spinoff of the uh, of, of Aquaman. Uh, the the trench is what it's called, and there's there's a scene, a couple scenes in Aquaman where uh, they're in the trench and it's it was kind of creepy in the movie and so they'll it's a full it's going to be a full-on horror movie uh based in this trench um i think there's one character returning i can't remember who uh and and it's being written by james wan and a couple other people so james wan is going to be writing this so he's definitely going to have his horror elements (laughs) involved with it too so interesting uh it's cool that they're kind of expanding and it's this isn't really necessarily dc lore either so it's kind of its own thing and it's uh you know it's based off the same characters in the same universe but it's you know it's it's they're expanding and, and kind of getting creative with it so i actually kind of like this because it's not like 
you know, it's not necessarily a shoehorned thing. It's it's something that, you know, it seems like the that James Wan has a passion for. He really is like to Aquaman. While I didn't really love the movie, it's cool that he's putting his own spin and flair on his own DC or yeah, DC lore with it. And uh introducing a little bit of horror isn't might not necessarily be a bad thing in the in the DCEU. I think if you if you had packaged if you had said everything after Aquaman before you said Aquaman, I think I think I'm much more excited about what this movie ends up looking like than the fact that it's an Aquaman spinoff. Like the fact that it's an Aquaman spinoff makes me go like, why? You know. But horror movie set in Mariana's Trench with some crazy ass monsters, written and directed by James Wan. That I'm there for. So it's not gonna it's not gonna be directed by him, but it is written by him. Okay. Well, even so. Um, I think this could be good. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the association with Aquaman and the DCEU affects this movie and the box office for this movie. I just it's really weird because it, it it factors into my thinking about it, and I'm sure it will everyone else's too. But there's a lot to like here, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I love that they're getting creative here, and they didn't just pick like Hera and have her have a spin off. You know, they they went <laughs> right. a, a, an interesting route to this. And, uh, you know, it's a creative idea, not something that we've gotten a lot of. I know Cameron did, someone on Twitter is going to have to help me out with the title of the James Cameron movie where they go down deep. Um, I can't, I'm having trouble pulling it, but um, this deep could be an interesting. It's not Deep Lucy, <laughs> but Deep Lucy is a great fucking movie. Um, I think this could be a good movie. We'll see. It's, it's just so weird that it's an Aquaman spinoff. I don't, how they market it is going to be interesting too. I don't know. Yeah. It, um, and, and we're getting another... Uh, horror superhero movie this year it's not you know Warner Brothers or DC or anything it's its own thing but that uh, Brightburn movie that James Gunn Fuck is doing yeah. I want so that we're movie ca- tomorrow and so it's gonna you know that's kind of based off Superman so this is like your first officially you know licensed uh, you know DC horror movie but um, this Brightburn will have a it set a hopefully set a good precedent for what they could do with some of these horror uh, you know, horror superhero movies. Cause you could, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of elements within superheroes, uh, you know, comics and things like that, that could have some cool horror things. And, and every, you know, with, within every villain of a, of a, especially DC uh, within every villain, there's, there's something that makes them really horrific. So, um, we're getting the Joker movie that's coming out this year. That's not really horror, but it's probably going to be real fucked up and somewhat horror ish. Um, you know, you're getting the bright burn. You're getting Aquaman. You could, you know, you could see down the road. You could get a Flash like one with with Reverse Flash, who in in the Flash show, pretty fucked up character. <laughs> he does some pretty messed up things. So um, there's there's a there's a lot of good horror uh, uh, villains that have a lot of horror elements to them that could be really interesting to see. Absolutely, I hope this genre continues to build out. One of the one of the sort of casualties of this Fox Disney merger has been New Mutants, which is something I was very excited for. Mm. They even released a trailer for that I really enjoyed. So I'm hoping that that still comes out. But either way, you know, this genre, I think, is something that could be very promising, to your point. There's a lot of there's a lot to mine there that could be awesome. All right, well, that's our movie news. And, you know, before a movie comes out, Seth, they, uh, <laughs> they, put, they put out a trailer so that you can see you know what the movie is going to look like, and and we got a couple <laughs> couple trailers to talk about here. Look at this, a, oh yet another. An, I'm on a fucking roll today. I don't know how I do it. Uh, two trailers to talk about here. I don't Bye. know. Bye. <laughs> I don't know that we could have picked two more different movies from one another, uh, but the first is Aladdin, and we've talked quite a bit on this show 
about Aladdin. Uh, you are a little more optimistic than me. I saw the the Entertainment Weekly first look a couple months back and said, this is a fart box. Uh, you smartly have, have reserved judgment. Now we have, um, they call it, they're calling it a first look, but it's effectively a, a one minute long trailer. So you got to look at a few things here. Tell me what your thoughts were on, on this. I don't know if I have a whole lot of thoughts on it, to be honest. Like, again, for especially for Disney movies, for me, it's going to be one of those things where I don't put a lot of stock into trailers or looks or anything like that. I will see the movie, and if it's good, and I, honestly, I mean, I'll see it because it is a, a property that I know, but like, when you, for me, like a movie like A Wrinkle in Time, where it you know, kind of got pooped on. Not a people, not a people. A lot of people liked it. Um, if it would have, seeing the trailers for that, I had no interest in seeing it. Um, but if it would have been reviewed well, I would have I went. You know, I would have saw it and seen it, and I probably would have liked it. Um, see, with Aladdin, I'll probably see it because I saw the you know original one as a kid, and you know it could be terrible. I don't know. It, it's. I mean, if I'm looking at it objectively for what I've seen, I'm not like blown away by it, but I'm also not like fuck this like a lot of people are. I'm I'm still reserving a bit of judgment, especially with like the genie thing. Mm. Um, what do you expect him to fucking look like? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's the the cartoon is a fucking blue ghost looking thing. What do you expect him to look like? It's Will Smith. He's it's gonna look like Will Smith. He you know he's gonna have his face on it. Like I don't know what you want. I don't know what, really what you want out of out of the the genie. Um, I know I I I don't didn't really have many expectations. I knew he wasn't gonna look exactly like a blue blob, <laughs> like like the like the cartoon. So mm-hmm. uh, and part of the 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 best part of the genie in in the in the in the cartoon is that he's able to switch forms and look at look like different things and and be what you know kind of be in the situation like fit in the situation as the genie so they're gonna do a lot of that he's not gonna always look like that you know so like again for me it's just like i i will see the movie i will hold my judgment until after i've walked out of the theater yeah that's all well and good i am judging a little bit um and actually the the genie i'm i'm with you i'm i'm okay on the genie and that's gonna get a lot of the press people, and a lot of people are people are freaking out about the people genie. are very pissed but you're right like what is he supposed to i mean he's a blue guy what's he supposed <laughs> to look like you know right the problem I have with with the look of this is a lot of it comes down to the costume design. It just seems like there's this terrible costume design. They still all it still looks like a porn to me. Like <laughs> the way they did the costumes look like and like Jared said, it looks like what you went and bought a couple existing costumes and just stuffed them together. Like it they it it looks strange to me. And the the color of this and the look of the shots, I don't know what they're doing differently from other stuff that I've seen, but it's, it looks like porn. And I, 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 I don't like Jafar. I will say that they have Jafar as this like squirrely little fucking, he doesn't have like a deep, scary voice. And I, I don't need him to be exactly like Jafar, but he should be scary. He seems like a punk. He seems like Lex Luthor in BVS is kind of, it seems like they're kind of steered him that route, which is very strange. Um, big fan of Jasmine. She can absolutely get it. <laughs> And some of the effects, I think the carpet looks cool. There's a lot that looks kind of cool here, but it all is just kind of overweighed by the the, the costume design is so weird to me, and I, I can't put my finger on it except for that it looks like a porn parody. Of <laughs> and so I, I'm gonna see this. Uh, I hope it's good. I want it to be good. I don't want to dislike it because I love Aladdin, but I'll be going in with like, with like. Uh, 
honest, and the, I don't, I don't like this about myself, but I'll go in already having rated it like negative one and it'll need to earn a point back from me. Like that, that's the way it has set up in my mind. And that's a part of the reason I, I try not to watch trailers and shit, but I did for this one and I saw the e, e, or entertainment weekly thing. So I don't know. I'm a little down on this. I am still going to see it, of course. I, and yeah, what? I just, I just think a lot of people like have way too much invested in this movie. Like yeah. the, the, the amount of vitriol people have towards this is staggering <laughs> to me. Cause yeah. like, I liked Aladdin just fine, but some people are have like the biggest hard-ons for it. And to to be fair, never heard really that much prior to the to this Aladdin stuff, you know, to to even like the first look at it. Like when people name their favorite Disney movies, rarely, rarely do I hear Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Like it's very few and far between do I hear people say Aladdin. And all of a sudden because it's just people wanting to shit on it, honestly, for for like and and because it doesn't look amazing like Lion King did, people are gonna shit on it. I I don't know. I I think people. I, I just get. It's just like reading all the people's hate towards it. I just get, get kind of annoyed. Like there's some funny jokes. Like uh, you know, some people have compared uh, Aladdin to, or no, the genie to like like uh, uh, the Blue Man on uh, uh, to Tobias <laughs> Funke on on Arrested Development. That's pretty funny. Like some of that stuff's funny, but like to the people just like spitting hate at it. Like this is gonna mm-hmm. fuck. I've seen a lot of it. this is gonna fucking suck. They're ruining my childhood. Blah blah blah. It's like. Bitch, you didn't even talk about Aladdin t- until like three months ago as being your childhood. So just shut up. Like, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like, shut up. Just see the movie. Hate it then. If you hate it then, fine. I'm cool with it. But to the to the effect people are hating it right now is staggering to me. And so I, I, I'm i getting tired of reading people's hate. And it's not that I even like, like Aladdin. I don't. It's just like quit hating it as much as you do going into it because you're just going to automatically hate it so yeah it's getting annoying yeah that, i mean that's twitter for you right Every, you have to pick an extreme so that you can get your tweet retweeted um i fully and I understand get, that i get that but it's like to the effect of this one is kind of weird to me. like i would get it if uh lion king got this you know because like lion king is like everyone's favorite you know the uh, disney movie you know, or like Cinderella or something like that. But like Aladdin is at best someone's like fifth favorite, <laughs> you know, and like people are just like it's like their their lives. It seems like on Twitter is shitting on this. Like that's all I've seen for like the like the week after that first teaser came out. And now since uh, like two days ago when this last one came out or a day ago or whatever, it's just constant shitting on it. And it's, I'm like, it's not that bad. Like it, it doesn't look great, but it's also not that bad. Mm. Yeah, it certainly is. uh Seth is coming for the trolls this week. All right, <laughs> stay the fuck out of his way. I don't like trolls to begin with, but when it's something, when they're making a big deal out of something that's really not that big of a deal, uh, that's when it's kind of like, okay, calm down. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you there. It seems it seems to get personal at a certain point. Yeah. And that, that I think is when it's like, come on, man, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. move. like. I have my opinions about it and they're not great, but I'm not going to the level of like Will Smith should be shot because he's yeah. like, you know, that's, it gets a little crazy. Um, yeah. There's, there's, if, there's funny, there's funny jokes to it and I'm all for funny jokes, but when it's, it's the one, it's the people that I see who are just like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck Disney, blah, blah, blah. It's like, calm down. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not Aladdin is a, is a, a fine movie. Uh, it's some people, considered a disney classic but it's not you know it's not it's not fucking casablanca or anything like that calm down 
if Casablanca ever gets remade, those people are going to get their asses beat because there's no way to improve on Casablanca. <laughs> Uh, let us know on Twitter what you think of what you've seen so far of Aladdin, and also make sure you hit the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall to see Jared's reaction to this Aladdin first look. Um, we're going to link to that in the description box, so you can check that one out. Second trailer, uh, you know, you mentioned Seth that Aladdin is a big part of a lot of people's childhood, and we have Jesus Child's Play. Aha! Child's Play also released a trailer. We have Aubrey Plaza playing the mother of the main character in this. And Child's Play, if you're not familiar with the title, is Chucky, the killer doll. And it looks like they've done some updating here. Uh, it seems like Chucky is more of an AI than the voodoo serial murderer from the original. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I think this trailer, I really enjoy. I watched it and I really enjoyed this trailer because you get the idea of what's going to happen without... Mm-hmm. They didn't give you the big money shot of Chucky. Like, you didn't. You don't get to see him yet, so he's still kind of scary. Um, Aubrey Plaza looks like she's doing good work here. It seems like she's going to get fucking tormented because child's play. If you remember back to the original one, it's not so much about the kid and Chucky as it is about the mom and Chucky. Like it, mm-hmm. it it'll very much be Chucky versus Aubrey Plaza here. And I'm excited to see what she turns in here. Cause I think this is different from what she's kind of used to, but I think that she definitely has the look for one thing for this kind of movie. And I think she's got, I think she could be a very good, this character, you know, this this uh, mom protecting her son kind of character. It's very weird to me that she's old enough to play that part. Um, unless unless they're doing her some sort of stepmom or babysitter or something. It just, yeah. it, it makes me feel old that Aubrey Plaza is playing moms now. But <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this trailer, even though it really didn't show us much. Uh, what were your thoughts if you had any? Honestly, the most fun I had was watch, watching Jared watch the trailer. <laughs> Check out his trailer reaction. At Jared um, Buckendall. Yeah, it's uh no, it it's uh it's it's interesting. Like I've never ever been scared of Chucky ever. So um I think it's gonna I hope it's more of the you know, kind of I hope they I do I do hope they kinda have like an eighties aesthetic to it, like they did with Halloween where it's, you know, kind of a uh dumb, fun slasher type thing, uh like mm-hmm. the original was, and you know, have some jokes peppered in with him and stuff like that too. So Aubrey Plaza is of course comedic uh actress, so I'm sure she'll have some quips in there. Um but no I, I I'll definitely check this one out, uh, especially with kind of like the resurgence of these eighties characters. It might be fun to check out. Um uh, it's cool too that they uh were able to do some um product integration with uh the TurboTax thing. So that's pretty neat. Oh my god, the Robo Child. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I'm stoked for this movie. I love I love all these reboots. I don't at some point I think I was an opponent of all these reboots, but I love it now. And well, maybe I'm part of the problem, but these the horror I think really lends itself to reboots like this, and I'm stoked for Child's Play. So did you know though that um they're doing so they're also doing a Child's Play series? on like sci-fi sci-fi on sci-fi i think it is I didn't and that. it's gonna that one is that one's canon with the original movies oh so well, that can that can get out yeah and then the, they're doing this child's play that's a whole new thing and i think someone is involved with the tv show and i like someone kind of talented or whatever is involved it's with probably the TV jennifer show. tilly she's <laughs> been all over those for a while because she was the bride of chucky which I actually liked that movie. Those movies got way more into comedy after a while, but I'll be interested to see how much they try to make you actually scared of Chuck. Because here's the thing. Yes, he's a doll, and the doll isn't scary, 
I think the thing that's scary about Chucky is that he's always with the kid. I think that's why dolls and shit are scary is because they're right there with your kid the whole time. And that's why the mom is the main character here because she's trying to protect him. Um, so it, it's not so much about the doll as like what he represents, I guess, I guess is kind of the point here. But I think that he, he can be scary, um, but it'll take some effort on their part, especially for folks like us. Like in the 80s, yeah, you could get away with this kind of stuff. Um, but people are a lot less likely to be scared of just the doll. So they're going to have to do a lot cinematically to make that happen, which mm-hmm. I, I hope they do. I hope it's good. Uh, Seth alluded to it a second ago. Jared's reaction is, um, it's, it's not fun because, I mean, he's really scared. Like, Jer- Jared gets really afraid of Chucky. And I don't mean, to, I don't like to laugh at people that are afraid of shit because I don't like when people laugh at me when I'm afraid of shit. But Jared's very scared. So you might be entertained. Uh, hit the link in the description box or head out to YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. To see what some of his thoughts were. I know when he's listening to this, he's probably having flashbacks, so he's going to curse us later on. So, I don't know. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm excited for it. It comes out this, this summer, so keep an eye out for Child's Play. Well, in the summer, it's going to be hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, for... <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't get it out. But right now it's cold. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How long have you been waiting for that? I was trying really hard to work it in a second ago. And it wasn't until I said summer that it clicked in. Oh, it's cold now. So, Seth, what you're going to review a movie for us. I'm not anymore. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> Seth went over this last weekend to see Liam Neeson's Cold Pursuit, and uh, I'm interested to hear your reviews because we spoke a little bit off off the podcast, and, and you weren't as high on this as some of the 90s Rotten Tomatoes uh, led me to believe that you might be. So what were some of your thoughts on Cold Pursuit? Well, it's in the 70s now in Rotten Tomatoes, so hey. um, it dropped a little bit. Um, yeah, Cold Pursuit, basically, if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know what, what the overall thing about this movie is um it uh liam neeson's is a a snowplow driver in colorado his son is found to have overdosed on the heroin and he doesn't believe that his son uh is capable of doing that He he doesn't believe that his son is is a drug addict and so he goes on a chase a pursuit if you will to uh, figure out kind of what happened and why his why his son uh, is dead, and so it's uh, Liam Neeson's uh, Laura Dern who plays uh, the wife slash mom, and she's in the movie for uh, five minutes um, for no reason, and because uh, she doesn't die, she just is there and then is gone. There's a few other like. Um, actors, bit actors, character actors you've seen in things. Uh, I know, like, a girl from Shameless is in it uh, for a few seconds. Or not a few seconds. She's in it for a a decent amount of the movie, but kind of, like, here or there. But as kind of a useless character, um, the guy who played Don Falcone from Gotham is in it. He's her buddy cop partner. He's in it for the same amount of time, but really plays not a useful part in the movie. But, yeah, in terms of the main premise, that, that that's... He's chasing down these people that are involved with uh, with uh, his son's son's death. 
they do this thing in the movie where because this movie is what well, you know it's it's a Liam Neeson revenge movie for part of it but it's a, like a weird they have a weird mix of comedy in the movie um so like you see some of it in the trailer um but not really like there's a lot more uh quote-unquote comedy in this movie than than what they lead you to believe they throw in jokes here and there that kind of don't fit because like they start off this movie where you know it's it's Liam Neeson is is obviously sad and like wanting to go on a revenge tour <laughs> uh where like like at a point in the movie like he's he's got like a fucking gun in his mouth after his son dies like ready to kill himself and then like a few scenes later he's cracking a joke with someone <laughs> like it's it, it's such a weird weird movie tonally be with the comedy in it and like the I don't know it's it's weird it's okay so going back they do this thing where anytime someone dies they flash their name up on the screen and then show like their religion so like someone will die and then boom it'll pop up and they use that in like a joking way a few a few times in the movie the first like I would say hour of the movie or so I was kind of into it um because it's him tracking these people down, he finds them, he kills them, on to the next person. And they, he kind of does some cool deaths um, in there. Uh, he, like, saws off, uh, the, like, this this rifle and uses that as, like, a kind of close-range rifle type thing. Um, he's, I don't know, like, he uses, like, I think a hammer of some kind. I don't remember 100% exactly. But um, he, you know, he kind of does these bad. He's not as, like, trained or skilled as uh, as his character in Taken. But, you know, there's some brutal deaths, and he's kind of overpowering people and stuff. And then, like, it hits this wall uh, about an hour in where they introduce, like, this... They introduce this side plot with Native Americans and this overall drug kingpin guy who's re- responsible for the son's death. And they kind of integrate all that together, and it gets very muddled and like slows the pace down entirely to the point where it's just like all exposition for 45 minutes. And then you can come back in at the end and it all is resolved with like this big shootout. Like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not a terrible movie, but it's, it wasn't put together extremely well. It didn't know exactly what it wanted to be. And that 45 minutes is so boring. I I definitely fell asleep uh, (laughs) during this movie. It, It was just like, it was just all over the place. And, and I was, if they would have kept on, just like kept it like taken, like Liam Neeson, just tracking down these people, killing them, being a badass throughout the entire thing. And you could still have some of the comedy moments in there. I would be completely cool with that. This would have been a, a really good movie, deserve it of the 90 or 80% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. And I would have had a great time with it and enjoyed my, my, my day at the theater, especially if they would have, because if they would have cut out all the Indian stuff, it would have been an hour. and a, It was like a two-hour movie total. Uh, it, it would have been like an hour and a half hour. And you could have probably made it an hour, half, hour and a half solid movie. Fun time. You know, thumbs up. But when they add in all this, like, Indian stuff and, like, throw in a plot that didn't really earn any time for me, uh, I just kind of got bored and didn't care anymore. And by the time you get to the end of it and they start throwing in these random weird jokes in it and, and all this stuff... Um, it is, it, it's just so weirdly put together and muddled and, and paced so poorly. I don't know. It, it had a lot of potential in it. And again, not, not a bad movie in that it was acted. The acting was fine. And, um, there wasn't any like cringy writing moments in terms of like the, 
the drama. Like some of the jokes were a little cringy. Uh, there's a joke about a reservation in there that's that's kind of cringy. Uh, you know, reservation with Indians, of course. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more frustrating because there is a good movie in there, and it's really not worth your time at this point to go see it. Like it's one of those. I think I talked to you. It, it's it's one of those like you could watch an HBO and like take a nap during the day, and you could like wake up at, by the end of it and completely understand what's going on but by the way by the way they resolve it uh, at the end you know it's like one of those like you could com- entirely skip the the native american thing and still get the same amount out of it that i did you know so i, I can't recommend seeing this in theaters unless you like really love liam neeson and revenge movies but even so i love liam neeson i don't love liam neeson anymore but i love revenge <laughs> movies um i i especially haven't loved like the last five liam neeson movies that have come out um he's that he is not he's not uh he doesn't have a good batting average right now with me it's i haven't really liked a liam neeson movie since like probably taken two <laughs> um so and that's been a while so uh it's i don't know i just can't recommend seeing this one it's it's not one i would say go out and see unless you're really hankering for something to see right now um and i would wait for hbo well this is um I'm I'm glad that you, I, in a way I'm glad you didn't like it because there was some racist stuff that came out about Liam Neeson last week and I was like am yeah. I gonna have to go see this movie and now I get to look super woke by not going to see it uh, even though it's mainly because you didn't like it so um, <laughs> I'm not surprised like at some point this was gonna stop being great right this uh-huh. whole Liam Neeson revenge thing and and I I was there a while ago but. It seems like uh, more folks are on board. It's interesting that that some folks are really liking it and some folks aren't. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice mix. Uh, so let us know what you thought on the tweets at Seth O'Watt or at Soko Show Pod. Uh, let Seth know if you agreed with him or disagreed with him. We're also going to link in the description box to Jared's review. At Jared Buckendall. We got a lot of Jared this week on the show. Um, so let us know what uh, what your thoughts were on Cold Pursuit. Seth didn't like Cold Pursuit very much on a, you know, he probably wouldn't rank it like a 10. He'd probably be closer to like, closer to one, I think. Oh, and that reminds me, we got one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Not my strongest, but I still got it in there. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> As we edge more closely to the end of the show, uh, there, there's one more thing that each of us want to, uh, want to tell you about. And uh, Seth, why don't you go first this week? Um, yeah, so I had a chance this week. I, I rarely rewatch movies, um, but I did rewatch uh, Searching, which was was uh, in my top ten last year uh, for for 2018, and uh, definitely holds up a second time around. Even knowing kind of everything that happens in the movie, um, I was this time I was specifically watching for a lot of the Easter eggs and stuff like that that they uh, leave you uh, in terms of uh, solving the plot and things like that. And and it was a fun it was a fun rewatch. Uh, it's it's just a damn good movie. It's super, it's like really emotional in a lot of scenes and uh, like a really good mystery. And there's some really cool, like the people I watch, I was watching it with, I never seen it. And they, uh, like, you know, a lot of the twists and turns that happened, they were like, Oh my God, you know, like trying and also trying to figure it out as it was going and, and things like that. So um, they do a really good job of setting everything up. And, and, you know, even if you didn't know what was happening when they reveal it, it's like, Oh, that makes sense. You know, like not like a twist in serenity or it's like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> it, it, it all makes sense. And, and that's how you do, that's how you do twists in movies. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a perfect, perfect mystery, uh, perfect way to to uncover things. That's that that movie's a good onion because there's a lot of layers to it. So uh, definitely would recommend uh, checking out Searching. I wouldn't say it's a retro, retro recommend, 
because it's uh you know like only a few a few months old essentially but definitely recommend checking out searching if you haven't uh this is probably going to be the last time we mention it in a long time um so check it out soon because it's definitely worth the worth the rent at the very least yeah this one didn't get a lot of pub uh, other than like a f- you know reviewers really enjoyed it but you know, it's gotten its release, its DVD slash digital release, and I still am not hearing much about it. So get the word out, folks. Uh, let everyone know to watch this movie because it is a fantastic, it's one of the best movies I saw last year. I don't think I included it on my list, but I think it was on yours. It was on uh, mine and Jared's, I think. Yeah, um, so really, really think, well done. I think that was one of them when I said it, you were like, fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think you forgot to put it, I think you forgot to put it on your list. Yeah, you're exactly right. This movie took me every... I cried in this movie. Didn't expect yeah. to do that. Um, yep. It is... It's a great, great, great movie. And everyone should see it. Especially in... Just like Seth is saying, this would be a very... I'm going to try to watch this again with someone who hasn't seen it. Because I would love to have that experience. Really great. We cannot recommend searching enough. So go check that one out. Uh, my one more thing is another recommendation. Um, I have been watching, I don't know anyone else that's watching this, but I've been watching Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj on Netflix. And the second season, if you will, or the, it, it's restarted again after a break. There were a handful of episodes in 2018, and now the first episode of 2019 has been put up, and it's one that they're releasing weekly every Sunday. Uh, I am As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go uh, watch that episode. I think it's on censorship in China is what I think I remember seeing. Uh, Minaj does this great thing. It's, he's pretty much like the daily show or like last week tonight where it's the infotainment kind of, uh, thing, but he really just does a deep dive into one subject for like 25 minutes and it's very well done and very funny. And I'm a really big fan of his. So I would just recommend uh, Patriot act with Hassan Minaj on Netflix. Uh, just go check that out and devote 20 minutes in a week to learning a little bit of something. And I think the folks are going to enjoy it. Well, we hope you learned something. In this week's one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 81 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget to hit the description box. Uh, check out all of our contact info and all of our sponsors. AudibleTrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days in your first book for free. <laughs> Mathis Designs on Etsy for all of your stationery and graphic design needs. And Mike's Wood. You know why. Uh, there it is uh all sorts of great stuff uh uh, link oh he wasn't done god (laughs) all sorts of great stuff including uh links to jared videos at jared buckendall so you can check all that stuff out uh don't forget be a part of the conversation folks hit us up on twitter comment on soundcloud no one's done it yet so you could be the first (laughs) get out there and write us a comment we would love to read it and respond but for now that is going to do it for episode 81 Make sure you come back for episode 82. Uh, We might have some kind of fun stuff in there. Due to our schedule, uh, we might be having a a little bit of a different structure to the show next week, but we'll explain that when the time comes. Uh, But again, this, (laughs) for Seth Ott, this has been Chad Coger, lead singer of Nick Kobach, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.